Listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome back to our conversation with Lisa Giuliani from Wing TV. In the first part of our discussion, we talked about some of her unfortunate experiences at the hands of the Dirty Tricks Meisters from COINTELPRO. Part two picks up where we left off. Well, I think that uh, a lot of people need to realize. And I think that from these last couple of shows that we've talked about this subject and all the things you've talked about, that they can get a little bit better idea of what we're dealing with. And they need to realize that this is this is very serious. We have criminals in the White House, in the in the Senate, in in, uh, in the House of Representatives, in the judiciary, running the United States of America. And these criminals have committed enormous crimes against the people of the United States, and they will do anything and everything to cover up those crimes or to prevent, uh, you know, any possibility of them being brought to justice for those crimes, Mm -hmm. and they have literally unlimited resources, uh, you know, billions and billions of dollars. They have, uh, you know, the money to buy psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, you know, medical personnel, uh, agents of you know any form and sort you know it, it, they they just literally have unlimited resources to keep the lid on this thing and until people realize that and begin to to start literally dividing the 9/11 truth movement between the ones who are really after the truth and the ones who are part of this cover up. Uh, that that fact in itself needs is is very important. That information uh, about what we've been talking about about um, the counterintelligence within the alternative media and you know people like Rents and Alex Jones and uh, others and 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 their conscious agenda to uh, to muddy the waters and to divide uh, people who are genuine and sincere. That information is very important for for the the handful of of, of people within the alternative media and 9/11 Truth that are sincere, but who don't know that or who do who disbelieve that there is such a, such a, a an agenda going on. Because I mean, I would say that there is really only a handful of people who are. Uh, sincere, uh, either the, or who are not involved some way directly with with counterintelligence, or who, for reasons of ego or just lack of lack of sincerity, are, are not going to be much use to anyone anyway. The, the few people that are left, um, they need to be aware that if we don't, uh, those of us that are sincere, if we don't kind of band together and and support each other. Well, then um, we've lost. And look, look, I think so too. And you know, I hadn't heard of signs of the times until mm. fairly recently, or I definitely would have contacted you myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, there you see I that. I agree with you that it's very, very few people. I say the circle of truth tellers is very, very small, mm-hmm. very small, and they outnumber us by I don't know, maybe dozens, dozens of people, and uh, they have the predominance of websites that deal with 9-11, and it's all uh, diversion, distraction, misinformation, limited hangouts, mm-hmm. straw man theories, and it took us three and a half years just to get the 911truth.org group to even address the issue of the controlled demolition in any public way, because they kept suppressing that information. And that's the big story. Yeah, well, I think so. I, I abso- Well, I certainly don't think it's a peripheral issue. No. And, and that's what they seem to focus on. Well, they did focus on that the most, and they're still doing it. 
Uh, one of their, their men, members was actually acting as a liaison between 9-11 victim families and the 9-11 research information. And for years, this guy Kyle Pence has told the research community that he was passing along this information to these 9-11 victim family members. And he wasn't. He was sitting on it. Hmm. And so there are a lot of people very, very angry with this group. Uh, we're not allowed to have anything to do with presenting information at any of their conferences. They hate when we attend. And they're all hooked up with Alex Jones and, and Rents, too. I mean, it's all part of the, this whole little cabal, this 9-11 untruth mafia, hmm. we call it. And uh, we're the loose cannons, they call us. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who uh, who we think are sincere and who have been subjected to this kind of an operation and have fallen for it, there there is, of course, John Kaminsky. We've talked about him on the last couple of podcasts, and I understand that you had some encounters with John and that uh, and that you have a, a similar view of of his situation as we do. And maybe you want to tell us a little bit about uh, about John and and the people related. To that particular uh, incident, we we like John a lot. We were pretty good friends with John for a while. We published a couple of his books and uh, sung his praises from the rooftops. He was a rent columnist, I guess, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And he met this woman named Judy Andreas, who has been gaining more exposure on the internet. She sort of popped out of nowhere. I think the first instance we heard of her was she had attended a 9-11 truth.org conference in New York City where I believe Webster Tarpley was speaking. She wrote a report on it. Supposedly, she's a former social worker, and she's retired now. Anyways, she at the time was dating a 9-11 activist named Chuck Blackman, and Chuck Blackman had a a website called... uh, right is wrong or something like that. And so she, he would feature whatever she wrote. She had only written like one or two things at the time. Well, she went from Galatkin. She contacted us. The first contact that we got from her, she sent a picture of herself in a black hat to Victor. And she was being pretty coy and saying how much alike they were because they both had a black hat. And it was sort of flirty, <laughs> you know? I mean, it was just incredibly... A little transparent, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Chuck is the one who made the introduction there, her boyfriend at the time. Well, she wanted, I guess, to use us as a springboard, and she wanted to be on our show. And uh, I guess she had to try to work her way into that. I was really not into it because just listening to her, if you've ever heard Susan Estridge on TV, she's a, a Clinton apologist, she's a Democrat. She's got this really raspy man voice. Well, this is what Judy Andrea sounded like, very and just giggling constantly. And uh, and I, I didn't really know if she had anything important to say about anything. Anyway, she meets John Kaminsky, and they start emailing back and forth. And she uh, she started writing more. She was referring to herself as ISIS, and she was referring to John Kaminsky as Fox. Oh God. O T H. It was very weird. And uh, she would start emailing me and telling me about their private conversations and their phone calls. And she was trying to get closer and closer to John Kaminsky. And yet she was talking about him behind his back to me. And I was just, you know, Victor told me be nice to her because John, you know, is seeing her and 
you know, just be nice to her. So I did. And um, I guess she used John to, to get hooked up with Rents. Now, I don't know if she knew Rents beforehand. It, it sure seems like she suddenly gets to know these people and gets in good with them because she ended up telling me that she gets opera tickets for Rents, that her sister's an opera singer and Rents likes opera. And so all of a sudden she was telling me about calling Rents and talking to him on the phone. And I'm thinking, how did this woman <laughs> who just popped out of nowhere, this social worker, you know, and end up uh, getting opera tickets for rent and talking to him on the phone. You know, Mr. Elusive that nobody nobody gets to talk to. And um, it was very weird. She used us to get on, she got on our show once, once maybe, once I think. I think it was just once. And uh, after that, she moved on. Now she's on quite a few websites. Mainly Jewish websites, New Age websites, and uh, she's, yeah, she's got a columnist on rent now. Go figure. She's got a she's got a, a Zyopedia uh, website now. I think where to, she's just started, or she started well, she's contributing to it. No, yeah, that's Andrew Winkler at yeah. Rebel. dot org or something. But she she's like done that. the first kind of, uh, or uh, the last time I looked, she had done the first. Um, entry to it, you know, on, on Zionism and stuff, you know, which is uh, interesting. He's a very sensitive man, and women, I think, uh, women like Judy can play him very easily. Uh, mm -hmm. I told her more than once, women are very transparent to other women, and I saw right away what she was doing, because see, first she tried to flirt with Victor, mm. and he didn't want any part of it, and so she tried to get close to me because she wanted to get on our show. She wanted to get some exposure, and she wanted to hook up with other people, which she did. She hooked up with Kaminsky. And then from Kaminsky, she moved on. She was even talking about marrying Kaminsky. And I'm not sure what happened there. I think John broke up with her. And she went immediately to onto another guy. In fact, she was telling me about emails that she was sending back and forth to other guys while she was going with Kaminsky and phone calls, and she was going out of town to have lunch with some other guy while she was dating Kaminsky. And John really liked her. Uh, I think he cared very much for her. They, they sent pictures to us. Well, she ended up uh, trying to hook up with Stan Hess. In fact, she married him. And uh, Stan Who is Stan Hess? In uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Stan Hess runs a little show. He does a little political internet show. And so it seems like she, she's mainly gearing toward people with websites and shows where she can, you know, get more exposure. Mm -hmm. Well, this guy has a very kind of obscure radio show, but she ends up marrying this guy. Now, they live in separate states, and they had never seen each other in person. They've never been in the same room with each other. She ends up getting him to marry her. She goes there to Idaho. And I think she went there to try to hook up with some other people who live there, namely Michael Hoffman. Uh, she was connecting with Mark Glenn. Mark Glenn is good friends with Stan Hess. And all these people write about Judaism and uh, against the Zionists. Mm -hmm. And so I saw a pattern there. People who speak out against the, the Zionist issue and the whole Israel angle to 9-11 and the inherent evil in the teachings of the Talmud, um, she was gravitating toward. And she's done some flip-flopping on this whole Zionist issue anyway. 
she was very against John Kaminsky's writings in the beginning, uh, paint, trying to paint him as anti-Semitic. And then she suddenly did this flip-flop where now she's against the Zionists. In fact, I saw something she wrote recently on the web where she was talking about the terrorist state of Israel, you know, and, and this is totally counter to what she was originally writing and talking about. Her mother, she told me, was a Zionist, and she's Jewish. Mm -hmm. So it's very weird. She ends up being on a lot of these Jewish websites, too, for someone who's speaking out against, you know, Israel and, and, uh, and Zionism. I don't see her questioning the Holocaust, <laughs> but... Uh, it's, it's very weird how she gravitates toward these men that apparently she tries to manipulate. Now, she never, I don't think, hooked up with Michael Hoffman because he's rather reclusive. But she did try to wedge her way in with Mark Glenn, who uh, we've had on our show a number of times, and she totally did a workover on John Kaminsky. Stan Hess ended up dumping her after two weeks, and uh, I guess their, their marriage is over, such as it was. And uh, she's moved on. Uh, she's tried to wedge her way into Hashem Talawi, the, another uh, talk show host. He's going to be on our show today, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I heard that uh, she was trying to get him to meet with her in New York, and Hashem's married. <clears throat> so you go figure. I don't know. Um, all I know is she's working her way across the Internet circuit, and she's trying to get herself more exposure. And uh, it's convenient that John Kaminsky gets dumped by Rent shortly after she appears on the scene. And I guess when he stops being so easily manipulated by her, I don't know what, what happened there, but she definitely kept John Kaminsky from speaking at Oklahoma City. He was uh, one of the speakers there at the 10th anniversary uh, festivities. And uh, she was going to meet with him a week after that event, and she ended up pretty much being the reason why he didn't go there. And another thing is that she was pretty much the reason behind her and Rince and, and Rince's buddies uh, b b why he didn't come to visit us and have a meeting with us. And uh -huh. uh, so yeah. it's, it's a very interesting thing, and, and once again, at another level or another layer, we see, you know, how this whole uh, counterintelligence uh, uh, system operates. I mean, yeah, it, let me tell you something else too. She uh, she's been going on internet forums and presenting herself as my very good friend, and she's been doing this for quite a while. How she and I were such great friends. She went on uh, either the Power Hour or Jack Blood's show and was presenting herself in this way. Also, it's a total mischaracterization. She and I were not very good friends, and I've publicly refuted her on this. And she still... Who uh, still does it. That this was a case, yeah. And then she, uh, she's she been talking about me on the Internet, so I, 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 I clarified the situation for the people in the, these forums that she speaks to. And uh, she basically was kind of alluding to exposing me and my personal secrets uh -huh. uh, to people. And, I, and I'm thinking... Judy, you know, I've never uh, publicly talked about you before. Uh, you know, you I don't like the things that you've said and done, but I haven't, like, threatened you in any way. And, and so then I'm seeing her pulling some <laughs> some kind of tactics like the Revere people, you know? Yeah. She didn't get what she wanted, and so next it's going to be a smear attack. Exactly. And, uh, and so I railed against her just the other day on the Internet. 
uh, and I, I laid it all out for the people in, a, in one forum, what, how she's been flip-flopping across the Internet from one man to another, uh, apparently using sex or flirtation to get information from them, to try to flip people in their thinking and um, get work, you know, springboard from one show and host. She's tried to advance herself onto Michael Collins Piper's show. He canceled her. He's a good friend of ours. And um, he asked us about her. You know, I mean, it's just on and on and on, and people don't see what she's doing, apparently. A lot of people don't. And this woman's like, what, in her 60s? Well, I think from uh, photographs I've seen, she's fairly well-preserved, but uh, still. Uh, I, I think another thing is that people who are listening to this should remember the case of Mordecai Vanunu and how he... Uh, was kidnapped back to Israel because he got uh, taken in by a uh, by a Barfuzi Mossad agent, and uh, and of course you know his idea was that well he just went to this bar on the spur of the moment et cetera et cetera and met this woman so how could she be an agent? And I think that anybody who's involved in 9/11 Truth, which once again let me remind you is a cover up of a crime. Uh, by some by some fairly serious criminals, they really need to start thinking in terms of of how these uh, uh, counterintelligence programs are going to work. They're going to start first of all with the defamation. You know, or, uh, they'll try to take you in and, and vector you first. You know, to twist you around. If they can't do that, then then they're going to try the defamation. If they can't try the defamation, they'll try the romance angle. There, I mean, there there is it's a, it's yeah. a supermarket of uh, ploys that they can pull out of the bag and use uh, at any time for anybody. She was even planting the seeds with John Kaminsky that we were government agents, Victor and I. And Victor and I and John were, were pretty good friends. We spoke quite often on the phone, and, and as I said, we were publishing his work. And we had him on our show many times. And she was trying to get him into thinking we're government agents, and then she would report back to me saying, well, yeah, we were actually having this discussion about you, the possibility of you and Victor being agents. And we said, John, you know better than that. Why are you listening to this crap? And, you know, she just she sort of had him wrapped around her finger for a while, and, and uh, she's actually gone on to, you know, spouting that line, true patriots don't attack or criticize other patriots. Oh, excuse me? You know, yeah. You know. And, uh, you know, of course, aimed at us because we're character assassins, when in actuality we challenge people on the inconsistencies in their statements and the information they present about themselves, and when they won't answer for their own words, uh, then we expose them, whatever we can find out about them. We think the public has a right to know where their information is coming from and who it's coming from and what uh, agenda is behind that. It's like any research. It's very important to know who funds research. Right. Because who, the, person, the organization or the groups that fund the research tend to put their particular spin on it. And this is a, an important point that we need to make here, which is that what, what we're seeing is, is that many of these counterintelligence types, whether they're paid agents, whether they're conscious, whether they're unconscious, you know, let's just leave that aside for the moment, they, they seem to go around and they... Pr- propagate what amounts to lies, uh, they make emotional accusations, um, uh, all kinds of innuendos, and 
invariably they are not able to or do not back any of this up with factual evidence. No, they never refute you on the, the points you raise. They just simply make ad hominem attacks and try to paint you as someone who's not credible and to discredit you in the public's eye. And um, we've, we've challenged all these people to, to answer questions. We do the same thing to them we do to the government. We use the government's own statements against them to throw it back right in the government's face. Well, we do that with these people, too, because it's, their own words are more damning than any words we can use. Well, yeah, but the point I want to make here is that you know, they could easily say that by you exposing them, by us exposing them, that we are doing the same thing that they are doing. Mm -hmm. And we need to clarify for people, you know, what the difference is that, you know, that what we're doing is we're looking at what they're saying, we're looking at what they're doing, we're looking at the broad pattern, and then we're looking at the connections. You know, we're not just coming out and saying that, you know, that these people are uh, perverts because there's not some reason to say that, I mean, for example, these, these Revere radio people, you know, you had plenty of exposure to listening to their broadcast, to looking into what they're doing, so coming out and saying that they're a little bit on the perverted side was based on factual evidence. You know, uh, they, on the other hand, uh, turned around and tried to defame you as, as uh, uh, in, in ways that uh, were defamatory towards your person, your personality, you know, your experiences, you know, claiming that you were... Yeah, your character that you uh, that were based on complete lies and fabrications, which is a completely different thing. Right. Well, there's a difference between exposing someone and attacking them. Exactly. Exactly, and that's what people need to understand because this is something that they use to confuse the reader, to confuse the listener. They say, "Well, they're attacking us, so how are they any different, you know, than 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 us, you know, saying you know defamatory things about them?" And there is a huge, huge difference. Well, they're very masterful at using select language mm -hmm. to to put their little spin on whatever whatever they're twisting out of context <laughs> or yeah. fabricating. They use selective language. So rather than heavy on the fabricating, language, they use attack. How do you see John Kaminsky at this point? Because he has obviously been very susceptible to manipulation by more than one source or individual. And even though you and I both think that John Kaminsky is probably one of the more sincere and passionate voices in the 9-11 Truth Movement, it seems that uh, unless and until he gets a real grip on this counterintelligence, how it works, and gets some kind of a bullshit meter that works well, yeah. you know, he is really of no use. Right. Well, I, I think that it's sad that he allows himself to be so easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. uh, and after going through it now, he should be wiser and not fall for the same kind of stuff. Um, he's, they play upon his emotions yeah. uh, and his vulnerability. She uh, seems to go after men who are lonely yeah. or who seem to be alone. And uh, I just hope, you know, that John, John can uh, resist any advances like that. Because, see, what these people do is they start planting seeds in people's heads and they... They play up to their weaknesses. They they play on their weaknesses. And and he's got a soft spot when it comes to women. You know, if you look at her situation with him, her rabid uh, writings in the beginning against him, where she was attacking him for his his writings 
about Zionism and, and Judaism or whatever, for her to even go out with him in the first place was bizarre. Yeah. You know, since she was the one who was attacking him. Zionist, and she was defending, defending the very things that he was writing against. Yeah. And uh, so for her to even want to be with him was bizarre to begin with. Yeah. And suspect. Yeah, but we think that John is still, you know, I mean, the, the very fact that he has this emotional uh, nature, that he has this very passionate nature, that that's one of the things that makes him a very powerful voice, and it's and it's clear and obvious to us why they would want to go after him because, you know, he really does have the the ability to reach people in the heart. And uh, the thing is that uh, unless and until uh, he is able to focus on the issues that are really important, and I don't, uh, even if I think that, uh, you know, that uh, Mossad, that Israel was very deeply involved in 9-11, I don't think that the issues of... uh, you know, being Jewish or not Jewish are the are the important issues. The the important issues are, you know, people who are pathologically sick or or people who are criminals. And you find criminals in every kind of group. I mean, I don't care whether they're black, white, yellow, or red, or um, you know what religion they are or what uh, nationality they are. Uh, there are just as many among the uh, uh, Palestinians and, and the Iraqis, you know, the pathological types who will betray and, and turn over their comrades or whatever, as there are among uh, among the Jewish people or, you know, American people or French people or German people or whatever. It, it has it's something that crosses all boundaries, all colors, all ethnicities, all religions. It's... Uh, it's something quite different, and I think that focusing on ethnicity or religion is counterproductive. And those well, seem to be the things... That the, the, the religion of Judaism, the, the oral law, the Talmud, mm. is rife with, with really evil teachings. Well, so is Christianity, because it's based yeah. on, the, on the Old Testament. When we look at the proximate enemy, the proximate enemy is in control of the media and... Uh, government help sure. shape and dictate public policy. I mean, there's. I'm not saying that the Catholic Church is, is benign. I'm not saying the Jesuits are benign. I'm not saying that other entities. These just are happen to be the ones on top. Toward this evil goal, you know. Mm-hmm. But the proximate enemy, I think, uh, are neocons, Zionist apologists, hard hardcore Likud party sure. neocons, uh, international bankers, you know, and and the bankers. Invariably, a lot of these names are Jewish. Yes, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, but at the same time, uh, it's uh, it's not it's not productive, shall we say, Mm. to go after it in precisely that way because there are limitations to what you can say and do in that respect. And 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 here, I'm not going to be too direct. Right, I understand. Uh, but but what I'm what I'm saying is is that uh, I think that we could find you know weak links that would be a lot more productive at achieving you know the goal of exposing the criminals uh, rather than going at it in exactly that way. Yeah, I think that you have maybe a little more constraint in in approaching that angle anyway. Exactly. You're in France. Mm-hmm. I, we are coming out with a book in a few weeks which details Israel's central role in 
which I'm sure is going to put a lot of people off. But uh, we feel that that's important information that needs to come out, too. And so we're going to be uh, bringing that out uh, within the next few weeks. Basically, we just want people to see all the information that's available. Right. And we, we don't ask anybody to just believe what we say. We ask people to investigate and check things out for themselves because it's really important that people start doing their own thinking and not letting other people do their thinking for them or telling them what to think. Exactly. And so this, you know, this is the case. I, I hope that John will will pick himself up and, and dust off his ink pen and, and get back to work and you know, I, I really hope that this doesn't happen again. Uh, he allowed this woman Judy to create a wedge between us and apparently that's what seems to be one of the things that she's most talented at. Yeah, and uh, driving a wedge between people. Right. And if we could all find a way to, as you say, and as we have been saying, to get together because, you know, for as I've said, they have unlimited resources to pay people so that it looks like right. there's a lot of them. We don't have those kinds of resources because, of right. course, you know, they've made sure that we don't. So Absolutely. we have to rely on people of honor, good faith, you know, people who really want the truth to come together because it's the right thing to do and because they're willing to put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, you know, on their own initiative and without pay. Because, you know, the payoff is is that, you know, you may you may save your life and the lives of your children and your family further down the road. I'd say that that's a pretty good payoff. And, you know, Laura, people don't realize the enormous pressure upon those of us out here who are trying to tell the truth. There's, yeah. there's an enormous, tremendous amount of pressure. It's horrible. All the resistance and the attacking and the, the mischaracterizations that go on and and people don't realize that it's a, it's a really difficult thing to do day after day. After it's day. very hard. Yeah. And and there are days when, you know, sometimes we have to really dig deep down inside ourselves to find a reason to go on. So it would really help if uh, readers and listeners, you know, who begin to understand the complexity of the situation and who really want to see, you know, people to get together that they should stop listening to the lies and the liars and the disinformation, and they should start supporting those people, you know, who are promoting the idea of creating this network of people, you know, working together, finding the weak links in the change, focusing on them all together all at once, and basically reversing the situation that exists in our in our world today, which is, you know, let me tell you, if, if people don't do something, very soon the whole world's going to go up in flames, and that's not a joke. No, it's not. And one of the, the things that they like to say is we should embrace everybody, the good the good guys, the bad guys. We should all just embrace one another. Oh, right. Uh, because in this way we can fight the New World Order and defeat them. And uh, I think that's so laughable. You embrace the bad guy, you're embracing evil. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not going to embrace evil. No. And for... 25, 30 years or so, that, you know, they've had time to have this whole New Age uh, meme created and spread, you know, the thing about, oh, embrace the shadow side and just, you know, love and light and let's just love everybody, bomb them with love and light and it'll fix everything. And if anything, all it has done is anesthetize people so that they are less likely to do anything at all and the result is the world as it exists today. I mean, after all of this so-called New Age love and light crap been going on, 
What is the condition of the world? What is reality showing us? How has it worked? It hasn't worked. It has just done nothing but make people deaf, dumb, and blind to and what's inert. going on. And inert. Yeah. Passive. Spectators rather than participants. Yeah. They're all just sitting back and enjoying the show and thinking that, you know, you know, God, Jesus, Lord Sananda, Buddha, you know, Yahweh, the Messiah, the Space Brothers, whoever, is just going to come and haul their buns out of the fire. At some magical moment, if they just, you know, get the right feeling of love for the evil ones that uh, is required of them. And you were talking, Laura, about Rents publishing a defamatory piece about you on the, on his website. Mm-hmm. And he's published a few of them about us mm-hmm. on his website, too. One of them is by an anonymous person. <laughs> and another one is by somebody who we don't even, we think is just a, a fake name. Maybe even Rents himself. Yeah, and and they're ripe with uh, falsity and t- stuff taken out of context, and and really just ad hominem attacks. Uh, you're not the only one that he's done that to. And yeah, I find uh, cons- and you know that was another reason to to look into him deeper. It's like why would this man, this credible journalist, this established media presence, feel so he claims to such levels? You know, because he disagrees with our political views. Um, so we looked into him, and, um, and and he's a compulsive liar. Yeah. He's not known for his honesty. Yeah, just like the rest of the gang that he hangs out with. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't know about the the Bridges guy and uh, Weedner. I didn't know about them. <laughs> They're his best buddies, apparently. And you know what I did find, too? There's a lot of Jeff, uh, James Neff in uh, Oregon. Yeah? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't find anything, any listing for rent there, but I noticed... There's a lot of people named J- uh, James Neff. In fact, one even in Medford. Oh. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? That's extremely interesting. Rupert going from where he was located to Ashland, Oregon, where Rents supposedly is, according to one of his uh, MySpace pages. Right. Uh, and and possibly the James Neff person. So, I mean, it's very interesting. Why would Rupert choose Ashland, Oregon? Well, there's a whole little uh, gang of them over there in that area of Oregon, as far as I can understand. And and it's interesting to notice also that uh, uh, John Grace, also known as Val Valerian, is in that location. And he's been pretty well uh, established to be a government agent, you know, promoting disinformation about, you know, UFOs, aliens, et cetera, et cetera. So they're... You know, they all seem to have connections, and they're all congregating in the same place, and they all appear on the surface when they come out on the on the Internet to be uh, somewhat disassociated or independent or whatever. But, but when you start tracking links and you start seeing, you know, who promotes who and who does what, you know, you begin to get a picture, and it is. It's, it's when we're looking at the counterintelligence programs, we're, we're, we're all like, you know, the blind man looking at the elephant, and each one of us gets exposed to a different part and so on and so forth. And it's only when we come together and we begin to describe the part that we have experienced mm-hmm. that we begin to get a picture of the entire beast. And believe me, it is, it's is—it's a monster, and it's going to take everybody down if people don't start, you know, comparing, sharing notes, and, and quit this nonsense about worrying that, oh, you know, well, you're not supposed to talk about people. You got to talk about people because if you don't talk about people, you're gonna you're gonna get taken down because you know sharing information is crucial. Let me ask you this: How else are we to discern who's telling the truth and who isn't? Who's for real and who's not? Who's genuine and who's fake? Exactly. Uh, truth from lies. 
Exactly. We don't. We can't just. We've tried asking these people, and they lie. They don't answer. <laughs> so like, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just what? I mean, I really. No one else has come up with any better solution. You have to dig into these people and their backgrounds and their connections and affiliations yeah. and, and who they link to and who they don't and what other people say about them, criticisms of them. You can't just look at, at what they tell you and take that at face value because you find more often than not that there's inconsistencies and discrepancies and anomalies and outright lies. lies. Yeah. And it and it's it's very interesting that they are the very ones who promote the you know, the idea is that, oh, you know, you know, just trust your emotion, you know, listen to your heart, you know. Uh, you know, would I lie to you? <laughs> oh, you know what they say, too. They say, instead of going after the real enemy, the New World Order, they're going after patriots. When are you going to start focusing on the real enemy again? You see, and they don't seem to understand that. They are the real enemy. They are the New World Order. Yeah. <laughs> they're part of it. I mean, they're part of the yeah. machine. Okay, so I think that we've really enjoyed having this conversation, and, and I hope that the listeners are going to enjoy it, and I think we're going to get back together on some other subjects at some point in the not-too-distant future and have a little more fun, and I hope everybody enjoyed you know, listening to, uh, to us get, get down and dirty and talk about 9-11 and counterintelligence and, and the untruth movement. And if, if I may, uh, if anybody wants to read any of these articles that we put out on these people, they can go to wingtv.net, and they're all right there, linked at the bottom of the homepage. It's called The Hall of Shame. Oh, yes. Everybody, go and read The Hall of Shame. And I'm sure that Lisa is going to have more entries under that category and the days to come, and y'all need to be checking back as often as you possibly can. Or, to I, I thank you and your group for all the great work you're doing. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast. Well, and thank you for, for being with us today, and get out there and do your show a kick butt and take names, honey. Thanks a lot, Laura. Take it easy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information, visit our website, www.signs-of-the-times.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.